Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So on the back of our last sermon series, where we were looking at the, the Lord's Prayer, I thought it would be good to take a little look at what it is to have kingdom vision, like to see what the, the values are of this kingdom that we call on God to bring here on earth, where we say your kingdom come and your will be done. So for this series, we'll be looking at a few different places uh, in the Bible over the next few weeks, highlighting what the key things are with regards to a kingdom vision. And this week, we find ourselves near the beginning of Paul's letter to the Philippians. And when we think of vision, or if we ask someone, you know, what your vision is, we tend to be looking for a, a list of things that will be done, you know, things that we're going to do, things that we're going to be tackling. But the thing is, a vision, and vision in general, is much more than just a, a list of stuff, a list of stuff that we're going to be doing. It's actually about culture and ideas the list of things that we will do are actually born out of or evolve from that culture or idea that we step into. So we're going to be spending a little bit of time looking at having a kingdom vision here in Stonelaw. And I like to think of it as living our lives as if we are looking at things and people through a, a kingdom lens that you know you look through your your glasses if if you need to wear glasses and they make things clearer and it's that idea of having a, an outlook on life that looks through that kingdom lens that if we want to really tap into what god's vision is for our world and for us then we need to be able to see things in the way that god sees them so as I say, we're going to be spending some time over the next few weeks looking at this life through a, a kingdom lens. And when we look at some of these things, we'll realize that they are quite difficult. Some of these things are hard to put into practice. They're sometimes hard for us to even think of, to conceive in our minds. Because a lot of it goes, or at least it doesn't automatically go the way that, that our our world or our senses are, are guiding us. And you all know that phrase that I use where we speak about the kingdom and that Jesus is the king of an upside down kingdom, where a kingdom where things don't always seem to go the immediate way that our world would think or tell us that it should go, or how we should think or how we should act. See, God has a different plan, a different way of doing things. 
where the first are last, and vice versa, where the rich are poor, and vice versa, where the powerful are weak, and vice versa. We're going to start by taking a look at how this kingdom lens allows us to see life in the way that Jesus does from our passage from Philippians. You see, Philippians 1 is the opening to the letter where Paul is encouraging those that are reading it to always put Jesus first in their lives. That above everything, you put Jesus first. That you would live a life that is worthy of Christ. That's his opening gambit to the people in Philippi. And as we move into chapter 2 that, that you and read for us this morning, we're able to read of him encouraging us to put the needs of others before our own. In verses 3 and 4, Paul writes, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Paul then goes on to list a number of things that Jesus did and who he was and how this shows it to us. That he didn't lord it over anyone. That he emptied himself. That he's humble enough to offer himself up as a sacrifice for us, for all of us. So as we look to the importance of putting the, the needs of others before ourselves, and what I want to do is I want to caveat that by saying that it's not about being at the beck and call of other people. You know, there's always people in, in our world that like to suck our time. It's not about that. It's not about becoming a, a, a doormat for people. And as I've said, humility isn't about thinking less of yourself and running yourself down. It's all about thinking of yourself less and focusing in on the needs of others, being willing to make a sacrifice that you'll be able to benefit other people. And this is all about seeing the needs of others and allowing yourself to go and serve and to help despite of what our own ambitions and, and desires might be. It's about viewing people and circumstances in the way that Jesus does. Looking at life through that, that kingdom lens. What does Jesus see? What's his vision in a particular circumstance? And without really outing myself as a, as a fanboy, but I think that Paul is an absolute master. He is a master of building on previous things that he has said in his letter. I think he's awesome at it. When he highlights something and he builds on it and builds on it and builds on it. Here in chapter 2, he shows us exactly why it was important in that opening gambit to them. To highlight the importance of having Jesus Christ first in our lives.
We're able to read of Jesus thinking of others before himself. And if we actually think about it, the things that we are called to do, it can be really difficult, really tough. There'll be days that are easier than others, but there's a lot of things that are difficult, where we have to carry a lot, and it can be really, really tough. We all look for, for comfort in life. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we're being called to be lights to the world, then we're called to go and help others. And that's going to come at a cost. We're going to need help in moving past our natural inclination to do things as we see it, where we drop the kingdom lens. We're going to need help to do that because the world will tell us to do certain things in a certain way. And if we do think about it, we need Jesus. We need Jesus in those times. But Jesus didn't actually need anything. Jesus could have come into our world and lorded it over everyone. Possibly lived a, a life of Riley. Could have been that king that everyone was expecting him to be. But as we'll sing in the hymn after the sermon this morning, he chose to serve, not to be served. It's the exact opposite encounter to the devil. And if we think back to when I was speaking about the account in the Garden of Eden and temptation, where the devil comes in and rather than serve and help humanity, he chooses to cause it to stumble, to throw a spanner into the, the good works that God had done in that paradise and with Adam and Eve. The devil comes in and manages to trick and tempt humankind rather than serve and help it. And you see, the thing is, as human beings, we can be really selfish at times. I'm guilty of it at times. Am I right? We can be selfish at times. As, we're as we were looking at Last week, when we closed out our series on the Lord's Prayer, there are definitely things that we want in life, things that we desire. And those within themselves might not necessarily be bad things. But sometimes they can leave us open to being tricked by the devil. Tempted to walk away from God without us even realizing that we're doing it. Remember when I spoke about screw tape? And how, just gently, ever so gently, whispering little things. We're not even aware that we're doing it, but we're walking the opposite way from God. Because these desires and wants can get in the way of us being able to work together with others. Or to recognize the needs of others. To be able to go and step out and help. And by being focused on so much on the things that we want for ourselves. We're unable to do that. And that's what I want us to understand this morning, that the living life through the kingdom lens means that we have to buck this trend of only ever thinking of our own desires. You know that phrase, I'm all right, Jack. 
We need to move past that. Our own thoughts, our own things. But really focus in on the needs of others. In fact, it's more than just being focused on the needs of others that we, we see it. Because in verse 7, we read that Jesus not only thinks of others and sees their need, but he acts. He serves them. We read, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. All four Gospels highlight Jesus going out and serving far more than he was being served himself, the Son of God. Far more serving others than being served himself. He visits and serves tax collectors, the sick, the dying. Or how about the time that Jesus kneels down and washes his disciples' feet? He's willing to serve, even although he knew that while he was washing the disciples' feet, that he was about to be betrayed just hours later. And that in a few days' time, he would be back on his knees, continuing to serve, but in agony. But in that moment, he was willing to serve. In Matthew chapter 20, we have those immortal words from Jesus, where he says, whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is not only thinking of others, seeing their need. He also serves and then he also is willing to make a sacrifice. And when we are looking to live out our lives, this kingdom vision, we too need to think of others, see their needs, serve them, and be willing to make sacrifices too. Because you see, sacrificing and serving, they go hand in hand. It's like a, it's a package deal. It can be really easy to serve others when there isn't really much of a cost to ourselves. It's an easy thing to do where it doesn't really directly affect us or it's unlikely to affect us. It's an easy thing to do. But it's far, far more difficult when there is a cost attached to this service. When serving another person might take us out of our comfort zones, or it might force us down a road that wouldn't be our, our natural inclination. Dr. John Henry Jowett was a preacher at the beginning of the, the 20th century. Widely regarded as the one of the, the greatest preachers in the English-speaking world. And he said that ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. Ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. Ministry is about serving God, 
and serving others in the name of God. And we all have a ministry to fulfill, each and every one of us. So for us to go out and to serve in the ways that God wants us to, it might mean that we get taken out of our comfort zones. It might cost us something. Of course, that might well be financial. It might be a financial cost that comes to helping someone else. But it also might mean that we run the risk of having a door slammed in our face, where we are looking to help someone who doesn't want our help. The thing is that, as John Henry Jowett says, ministry that costs nothing can accomplish nothing. And as a side note, the Church of Scotland is changing. The times are changing in the Church of Scotland. We know it. We've, we're not blind. We can see that there are a number of things that are going to have to change. But the thing is, some of these changes are going to be big and drastic, and they're coming quite quickly. Over these next few months, in fact, and certainly by the end of the year, there's going to be some big, big drastic changes to how we do things in the Church of Scotland. Every congregation will be affected by it. There's no one that's immune, and neither are we. There will be changes. It will require us here in Stonelaw to make certain sacrifices that would ensure that ministry to the people of Rutherglen continues to a high standard. And certainly to the way that God wants it to. And we'll speak more about that as things, as things progress. But I wanted to warn you that there will be sacrifices that need to be made by all congregations, including us, to ensure that things continue to go the way that God wants. But there is no need to be afraid. Because as Ross was saying earlier, you know, Jesus is in control. Jesus is and will always be in control. And what will be, will be. And if we are a church who are looking at life and ministry through the, that kingdom lens, then we'll be able to step into what it is that God is wanting to do here. There is no need to be afraid. And equally, when we step out into the, the service of others, we might find ourselves in that place of, of worry, concern, uncertainty. We might be concerned of whether the person that we're looking to serve might, as I say, close the, close the door on us. What happens if they react in a, in a negative way to us, unwilling to accept our help? But the thing is, we'll never ever truly know what that response will be if we do nothing. You know, ministry can accomplish nothing if there's no sacrifice attached to it. We need to step out in faith and to continue to serve. And like I say, every single one of us has a ministry. And that will look different for each and every one of us. And the thing is, you might well be the only person on this planet, the only person on this planet that can reach another person. God might be calling you to that one other person, and you may well be the only one. God is calling you to that. 
And that person is only ever going to be able to respond to what it is that you bring in your service and in your help. Where no amount of sermons that I preach, no matter how good or otherwise they might be, no amount of those sermons would, would hit the spot. No amount of coming around the church, they might not be ready for that. However, your experiences, the person that God has made you, and the example that you're showing to the person that you're reaching out to, that's what's going to work. As you reach out and you serve that person, remember that phrase from Billy Graham, that we're the Bibles that the world will read. Be aware of that, that the people around you are, are watching you. And the thing is, make no mistake, reaching out and, and serving others, it might cost you something. You may well have a door closed on you at first, but you may also just be planting seeds and that the door might not necessarily be permanently closed off to you. We just need to be willing to, to make that sacrifice. And when we do, we find ourselves arriving at one of the, the, the many paradoxes in this upside down kingdom. That the more we are willing to give, the more we will gain. Before anyone thinks that I'm going down the, the prosperity gospel, but I'm not. So I'll caveat that. I want to make it clear that I'm not suggesting that what you gain is financial or materialistic. You may do, but that's not the point. What I'm meaning is that the more that you are willing to give of yourself, the more you will receive of a blessing, a blessing that will help you to have a greater understanding of God's love for you, a greater understanding of Jesus' sacrifice for you, a greater understanding of how best to respond to those amazing things. That we'll be able to bend our knees and confess that Jesus is Lord. As Paul highlights in here, that every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. As we give ourselves in worship and sacrifice and service to others, as we try to emulate the one who we worship, that's the question for us this week. Are we willing to pay the cost? Are we willing to pay the cost to receive that blessing that will come to us and to our church and also to those that are out in our parish? Jesus thought of others. He served others. He was willing to make that ultimate sacrifice. And in doing so, God exalts him to the highest place. In verse 9, therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. All for God's glory. All for God's glory. Paul in his letters warn us that for God's glory to shine, we need to put Jesus first. We need to serve others, fight against the evil one whispering away, causing Christians to, to fight with other Christians. Ministries to compete with other ministries. Where someone might think that they're a better Christian than another person. Or that their ministry is far more important than another person's ministry. Nonsense. 
Or it might be that the, the evil one's whispering away in our ears telling us that we are not special. We are not as good a Christian as that person over there. Or our ministry means nothing compared to their ministry over there. Absolute nonsense. Paul urges us to move past these sorts of comparisons. Realize that everyone, that we are all to submit to the authority of our Lord Jesus. Jesus first. And when we do that and when we think of others and serve them, when we're willing to, to make sacrifices, submitting our lives to him, then we're going to be able to give God all the glory that we don't do the things to, to puff us up, but it's all for God's glory. The story of Joseph in Genesis is a wonderful illustration of someone who, who, holds, who holds fast and true to the promises of God, despite his circumstances. We read of him having 13 years of real struggle, but at no point does he, does he give up. He holds on to those promises that God made him. Holds on to that and it moves him into a place where he becomes second in command in Egypt, only behind the Pharaoh. He held on to those promises. Each and every time in Joseph's life and story, each and every time, God intercedes on his behalf because he's willing to, to commit to following God in his ways and his plans, holding true to the promises. He's blessed for that willingness to stay true to God's promises. Or how about David? Anointed as a king at a very young age. But he had to wait a long time, decades, before he would sit on the throne. Struggles with Saul and Saul's armies. He's been chased for decades, hiding in caves. We read in the Psalms of how heartbreaking that was for him. But he always held true to God's promises. Was committed to it. And at each and every right time, God interceded on behalf of David. Right to the point where he eventually sits on that throne as the king of Israel. God's appointed and anointed king. Through his faithfulness. He's led to glory, and he always gave God the glory. And God grants him this blessing. Because you see, the thing is, when we move past our own selfish ambitions and desires, and we look to help others, and it's okay to have ambition. I also want to highlight that. It's okay to have ambition. It's okay to, ha to have desires and dreams. However, the, the selfish ones, the selfish desires, the, the selfish ambitions that close off our ability to, to be able to see the, the needs of others and we're able to act on it. Those ones are the problem. Those are the issue. That when rather than putting Jesus first, we put ourselves first. And we have that problem. That we're called to step out, help others, where God has given the glory. And it's seen in our world that the light and love of Jesus 
are shown to those that are around us. When we do it and when we're able to see that glory, we'll be able to see blessings. And it might not be imminent. It might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. But the one thing that we can hold on to as Christians, the one thing we should hold on to, is that on that day when we meet and we stand face to face with our Savior Jesus, that we will be welcomed in as his good and faithful servant. That thing that we're called to be, his servant. So as we continue through this year, and as we explore what life looks like through that kingdom lens, let's make a start by taking Paul's words here in Philippians to our hearts. That we would put Jesus first, and that we would learn from his example of seeing the needs of others, acting upon the needs of others by serving them, and be willing to make a sacrifice and put all of these things before our own. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your example. We, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that you continue to serve us today. And we thank you that you help us to have more of your vision if we ask for it. That when we look out into our world, we would see the needs of others so clearly. That by your Holy Spirit, we would know how to act. So would you encourage us and fill us with courage that we might be able to act. That not only would we think of others, but that we would actually serve them and be bold enough to pay a cost, whatever that might be. Lord Jesus, would you help us? Would you help us to see the world more clearly through your eyes? Would you help us to have a, a kingdom lens to look through? For all this we ask in your precious and mighty name. Amen.